everyone and welcome to another episode of The Drum Podcast. We are R20 and we are here with a very special guest today. So we'll do a couple of intros. I will go first. So I'm Leticia. I am one of the account planners at R20. I'm based in London, England, all the way in the UK. I'm a freelance brand strategist and I'm also a presenter. And introducing Jamara. Yes. Hey, everybody. My name is Jamara Robinson. I'm another one of the strategists here at R20, currently based in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, my ultimate plan is to do brand strategy and brand partnerships for talent and hip hop. But on my day to day, I am an assistant at United Talent Agency. So to talk about what we do as account planners here at R20, we lend strategic direction to our brands, clients, and briefs we're assigned to through our cultural pulse and our mentions and methods of research. So today we are super excited to introduce our very special guest, Vice President of Marketing at Dreamville, Derek O'Coley. Hey, Derek, thank you so much for your time today. No doubt, what's good? How are you guys doing? We are good, we are good. There's so much great stuff going on right now. Yeah, it's a lot. Good stuff, bad stuff, stuff in general. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of energy in the world right now. Well, what we wanted to take today to do is to kind of hear about all the good, good energy and the, the interesting journey that you've had with Dreamville, but also your journey as well in marketing. So mm-hmm. I know that your surname's Okoli. So you're mm-hmm. Nigerian? Yeah, my dad's Nigerian. Uh, his whole family, uh, he came to the States when he was like 16 or 17, brought his family with him. Um, and then my mom on my mother's side, she's Jewish. She's uh, Jewish from, sorry, somebody just called me. I got to turn my shit off. She's Jewish. She's from Long Island. Um, yeah, they met at, they met when he was a security guard at NYU and my mom was a master's student. She had me, yeah, quite 20, 18 years later, I ended up at NYU, um, studying sports marketing and then, yeah, ended up. Fucking, that's a VP of marketing at Dreamville. That's where I'm at today. So it's a lot of, there's a lot of places that journey went. You just let where? me know what you want to, what you want to know. I mean, where did you go before I, you got to Dreamville? And I hadn't yeah, appreciated yeah. the sports marketing degree. How was that? Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was like, you know, my experience at NYU was great. It's like a, a great school to go to if you have ambitions to do something other than like pledge a frat and shit, you know, like, um going to NYU like you know I always say it gives you like a four-year head start on the rest of the world because everybody else wants to come to New York and try to figure this shit out but I was yeah. there the whole time try, trying to do it so you know I had a bunch of internships Nike, Watchman Media Group, Zog Sports, Barnes and Noble um and I always danced around marketing I was in I did marketing everywhere except for Watchman Media Group where I did some sales stuff um but yeah, did my four years there, ended up like failing my last final on some bullshit, cheating, scandal shit kind what? of class. And then we under the bus anyway, but it's long story. You're like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. But it actually like kind of, uh, it's the only reason why I'm here today. Pretty much I was supposed to graduate. I was going to move to Portland to pursue a job with Nike, doing media relations. Um, didn't. 
because yeah, I, I had to stay back and redo one class. During that one class, I started prepping for, I was like, fuck it, let's go to law school. So I started prepping for the LSATs. Um, and I got a job at this law firm called K&L Gates. It's like the third or fourth biggest. Yeah, I know them. In, yeah, they're pretty big. Fucking it's terrible. Huge. Just the, the worst experience of my life. Just all, just an mm-hmm. awful, awful place. Um, just like I was there for two days and I was like, nah, I ain't doing this shit for the rest of my life. Fuck that. Were you like um, a paralegal or an in? Yeah, I was, a par- I was a, nah, I was a paralegal. Yeah. Um, and the shit that I was doing was just like, it was so mind numbing and minuscule that I was like, nah, I can't do this shit. And then, you know, one day there was one black partner and he stopped by my desk and was like, bro, what are you even doing here? And I was like, mm-hmm. bro, I'm trying to get rich. I'm trying to be rich. And he was like, how much you think I make? I told him, I was like, yo, you probably make like three, $4 million before your, before your, uh, what's it called? Your bonus. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, how much money do you think I spend to be happy? And I was like, damn. And he was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Mm. So, you know, lucky, luckily I got fired a couple, couple weeks later, you know, so it was not supposed to be listening to music at work. And I was like, nigga, it's like 20, it's like 2011 or 2010 or whatever it was. And I'm like 21 years old. I could listen to music, do my work, and like write a short story at the same time. Like I could multitask. Um, and they weren't having it. So um, I got fired. I spoke to one of my mentors from NYU, and I was like, "Yo, what should I do?" He was a professor. He's like, "Yo, what is you know what what have you always done? Like, what do you love?" I told him I love the advertising. He was like, "Yo, who? What are your favorite commercials?" I told him. Um, he was like, find out who makes those commercials. That ended up being Widen and Kennedy. Um, so I started doing everything I could to beat down the doors of the the advertising industry. And, you know, cold calling niggas, pulling up, emailing, Facebook, shit, Facebook. I got my first ad job off Facebook. Um, but it was crazy. Like, you know, I met with the, the head uh, strategic planner for White and Kennedy in New York. He gave me a lot of game. Didn't hire me, but, like, put me on to shit. Yeah, it's um, valuable. Yeah, it was valuable. And then, you know, I saw there's this one ad agency called Project 2050. And, like, they did, like, multicultural. Like, that's what their focus was, like, multicultural campaigns and stuff. Um, and then Boss and Eve's brother, DJ MoMA, I saw that. It's like some real creep shit. This is how I got my shit. Um, I was looking up who owned that agency. That's who I targeted. Like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go for this, like, small boutique agency. It'll be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. So I found their owners of the agency. I found their Facebooks. Saw who, who their mutual friends were. They happened to be mutual friends with DJ MoMA. I called DJ MoMA um, and was like, yo, put me on. He vetted me through Boss and E, but yo, is Derek worth it? You know, they both said yes. So he got me a job over there. Coincidentally, one of my best friends, uh, Hota, he, uh, DJ, he got a job there too because he's good friends with the, the Jordan family. And probably 2050 was given a bunch of Jordan work. So he got an internship. Michael Jordan pretty much called, called uh, his people and they'll give his kid a job. So me and DJ started there. And that lasted for like, you know, I was an intern there for maybe a month before they offered me a full-time job. And then I got that full-time job. And then maybe four or five months later, six months later, they went up, like they, they had to, um, they had like a budget cut and they let me go. And then 
fuck. And then my boss there, she got another job at another agency called Brooklyn Brothers, which is like a, another small boutique agency. But these guys, they were owned by British people. Um, and they had offices in London and in this New York City and in Brazil. So I went there for a while. Um, that's when I, you know, some of the Dreamville stuff started to really kick off. Like this whole time, I kind of was like an intern at Dreamville, pulling up to the studio. Uh, I mean, shit, honestly, I wasn't even interning. I was just making myself present because there really wasn't anything to do yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you know really what? Was around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I Not really bad. like about your journey? Like, mm-hmm. you had an interest, you followed it, you, you explored the things that you might have been interested in to see if it worked for you. And then when it didn't, you were like, okay, let's go this way and then go that way, yeah. trying client side, trying agency side knocking down doors and really like being hungry and just going for it and creating those opportunities you know I think that's um I think that's you know that speaks like volumes to how you know you got to where you are today and and so how you started talking about dreams or like how did that Mm -hmm. kick off like what was the connect I mean I I know I've known Eve since I was like 13 14 years old right me and boss met in high school so that's when I met boss that's when I met Eve um but it was always just like the homies you know like we would throw mm-hmm. box with all these crazy parties at his crib when his parents left um they went to Sudan and um there was just this one year where he was throwing bangers and I was just like you know I was bringing I was kind of like the delegate to the white kids in high school so you know I bring the white kids to to Jamaica to, <laughs> to fuck with the parties and shit but like it was like uh it was just always funny because like you know me and boss and our homies we're, we were younger than Cole and E, but they would still pull up. And, you know, like nice. that, I remember our first, sorry, sorry, my back's killing me. Um, I remember our first first year in college, we threw like, it was like a legendary party at that. And I remember seeing Eve and Cole be like, damn, these young niggas is going, going up a little bit. And you got your um, stripes. You know, and all the rest of yeah, 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 man. We, we was, we're, we've been, we call ourselves the fiends for a reason. We've been turning up for, for way too long. Um, but yeah, I mean, it pretty much started with just me going to the studio just to hang out with boss, you know, um, I lived in the city, so we were, I was at NYU, so there was always like a place we could hang out at the dorms and shit. And we just used to go to the studio, just watch, watch, watch. And then I think, you know, me and boss's like hustler mentality was like, damn, we're about to be around this energy. We should figure it out. We had a couple of homies that were producers and shit that were dope. So we were like, yo maybe we should just like sell beats or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, it didn't really, it really didn't click for us. Like a bunch of us used to like freestyle rap, right? Like all the white, I was on a basketball team at NYU and like the, the white homies on the basketball team we used to freestyle battle each other, right? Mm. And I used to always be laughing like these kids are fucking, these kids are funny as hell. Then I got involved. And it was just like, you know, niggas just smoking weed, being being clowns. And then I'll never forget on one day on Boss's birthday, we went out and we got super washed. Um, we had this crib called the Carter in the West Village. And <laughs> Boss, I remember the homie Hotel mentioned earlier, he woke me up and he's like, yo, you got to listen to what Boss recorded. And they played two records. And I was like, that was pretty good. And then I immediately went back to sleep because I was fucked up. But then the next day I listened to it and I was like, yo, this shit was pretty, pre- like, you're better than us. You should like pursue this. You should try. 
And you know, that's how I really started working with Boss. I was like, yo, man, let me let me gas this nigga up. And then with Dreamville, it was pretty much like just always being around. You know, I talk shit. Like I don't play around. If I think I know something, I'm gonna speak up. I also mm-hmm. listen a lot, which is like, you know, that's the balance is like don't ever feel like uh if you think you know something, speak up. But if mm-hmm. somebody proves you wrong or enlightens you to be like, nigga, you know what you're talking about. You can't, like, you, know, you got to be able to kill your ego. But I was always around. <clears throat> and I just remember, I think it was like sideline story marketing plan. I was like, yeah, what's the marketing plan? And I was just very interested because, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I've been doing in school, coming up with fake marketing plans, the Olympics and for the Knicks and for all this shit. So I was like, all right, cool. I, I know the process. It can't be that different. And then I remember seeing it. And, you know, this is early Rock Nation days. Cole was like the first artist signed. So I remember mm-hmm. seeing the, the marketing plan that was presented. And I like literally pulled Eve and Adam, the other founder of Dreamville and Cole. I pulled Eve and Adam around off to the side. And I was like, yo, I'm going to keep it a stack. If I tried to submit this as like my final, I would have failed. Like, this is bullshit. Like, this is, this is mm-hmm. nothing. Um... And it took a while, you know, I got invited to more meetings and I was like, yo, I'm gonna start popping shit. Like, you know, something that I've always done at every internship was like, yo, if I, if I don't agree with what's going on, I'm gonna say some shit. What's the worst they could do, fire me from an internship? Like who gives yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, um, you know, I don't believe in like staying in your place until you get into a certain, like, of course, stay in your place. But if it's like a brainstorm or something like that, speak up, mm-hmm. pussy, you know? So you were um, like putting your ideas out there and, you know, yeah, or just it. like you know, or just calling niggas out. Like I could tell yeah. you bullshit, bro. So it's like yeah. it's the first the first lesson in the music industry is you know protect the artist, protect the mm-hmm. art. So you know if the suits, you know as I'm I'm currently a suit. If the suits are trying to um, manipulate the art or force the art or do something sus, um, I just kept on asking questions, asking questions. And then I think it was Born Center was the first time I came up with an idea and Adam was like, yeah, do it. Here's the money. Go do it. It was like the first time I ever got paid to do anything in the music industry. And then I just kept grinding like through every through every ad agency job I had. I kept going. I kept going. And I think in like I want to say I eventually got laid off again from Brooklyn Brothers and like once this is like something you know I think people get like embarrassed oh I lost my job like, what do we do like clearly you know clearly we lost our biggest client five million dollar account and it's common in advertising nigga, it's it's like it made me realize in advertising the turnover rate that like yeah. everything they taught me in every HR class that I had was bullshit it's like oh don't leave jobs and but I'm like what are you talking about like do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, if you want, yeah. if you're not happy at a job, make them give you the highest title, make them give you the highest salary, and then go apply somewhere else that you feel mm-hmm. inspired and go try to get a job there. Like, you know, that's that's our generation's perspective. And before us, it was like, no, loyalty, fuck that shit. Don't, yeah. like, be loyal, be loyal, but don't ruin your fucking life, you know? Um, so, yeah, I lost that job. I lost employment for, like, two years. And in those two years, I was like, yo, let me dedicate, let me dedicate myself to this shit, you know? And like, um, if a job comes, comes, it'll come. And if it doesn't come, it won't come. Um, and in those two years, you know, I worked with boss on his music, um, travel the world. I'm not supposed to say that because, uh, you know, hopefully unemployment fraud don't come from my ass, but, um, started making clothes you know, started pitching other brands outside for freelance work. Oh, wow. And then 
I think it was 2015 is when I was brought on full time to just, I don't even know what my title was. I think I made one up. I think I just started calling myself um, a brand strategist. Um, and then, yeah, been there ever since. Uh, rose the ranks, not a VP. And then, you know, who knows where, where the shit leads at this point. That is so dope. Now, um, knowing that you are also, of course, an artist manager, um, mm-hmm. also coming from the advertising side, but knowing that, like, today for consumers, an artist brand is everything, um, mm-hmm. would love to know, is that something that you put value in? And if so, why? Or if you don't, why not? You, like, put value in the artist brand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you have to put value in it because especially in this day and age, um, like, I would be lying if I told you, oh, there's some special formula of marketing or, oh, I'm in market. No, there is no formula. Like everybody, everybody's capping if they say that they know what they're doing. Like it, today's marketing is so much different than 10 years ago. It's so much different than 20 years ago. Um, and you've seen it in the industry just keep changing. It went from, you know, the three screens, the three screens. Oh, shit. It was two screens. Shit, it was one screen, right? It was just TV. Then it was oh, TV and internet, and now it's TV, internet, and mobile. Um, and like that's the same, right? The three screens from ten years ago is the same, but instead of like having curators or gatekeeper gatekeepers or like people that are like, look here, right? That used to be MTV. These are the artists you should pay attention to. Hot ninety seven. Listen to these artists, and then it goes from that to complex.com, nawright.com um all these blogs right pay attention to this pay attention to this to now where it's just like there's nothing like there is no curators there's no gatekeepers it is all direct to consumer it's all the artists to their like there's nothing more powerful than you know the artists building their own channels and building their fan base and building an organic tie to their main demographic their main main core fan base and then the goal is to go outside of that main fan base and main like get them so hyped that they it travels outside into the real world. So yeah, the artist brand is the most important shit because you know if they are if people don't feel that you're authentic and people aren't believing you, then nothing else matters. You know, one thing I tell mm-hmm. people with like social tell people with social media is like yo, don't look at what the Migos are doing or don't look what Coyle Ray is doing or don't look what other people are doing. You need to figure out what you're doing. Like you need to figure out what you're what you're trying to say and who you're trying to say because the thing is people don't expect you to speak a certain way or do certain things but they expect you to speak and do things mm-hmm. and you know there's a couple there's a couple people that get away with not doing that i will never forget 10 years ago when cole was like nah i'm not doing this shit and like we literally sat in a bar me boss uh my homie wave um, who runs all the Puma stuff now? You know, this is these are the NYU niggas, and like we're like, bro, you have to listen to us. Like, we get paid to do marketing, and Cole's like, nah, not doing that shit. And you know, went into his hermit mode, and then you see like Kendrick today, where he's like, bro, I haven't had a phone for months, and it's like, all right, wow. cool. There's going to be a couple. Of, there's going to be a couple of niggas that could do this shit. Yeah. Um, but you know, not everybody Cole, not everybody Kendrick, not everybody Beyonce, not everybody's Rihanna can just run away mm-hmm. and just ether niggas on instagram comments but ignore everything else you know like um yeah that shit is who are you i mean shit everybody i'll never forget when the 
literally a freshman orientation when somebody said, you know, what's your brand? And I'm like, nigga, we talk about like, that don't even make no sense. Since that was 2005. So it's been like mm-hmm. 15, 16 years. Jesus Christ, I'm old as shit. But um, that's the first <laughs> time I heard like, you know, that's the first time I heard like, what's your brand? Mm. And it's very important, but also like it's fucking sad that like regular ass people are wondering, worrying about their brands, you know, like worry about who you are as a person, which I guess is like kind of similar, but not, nah, it's not. So in the industry, it, for for business purposes, yeah, your brand is is shit, it's your lifeline. It's, your, it's literally why you're gonna make money or not make money. Yeah, for sure. And then when you look at somebody like. Um, a boss who may have a more natural pull to his brand when he has, you know, an international background, people just gravitate to different elements of him. Um, Versus somebody who may not have anything to attach to, what would you Mm -hmm. say are those key elements when it comes to like cultivating a brand for an artist? But of course, not being forceful, but you know, you have to do these things. I mean, it's like, be yourself right and that's going to be a work in progress at all times if you are really about this shit if you're about being a good person and if you're about being a business person right so i would say you, know, you can't force shit like literally we've had artists come up to us and to boss and be like yo i fuck with you so hard and what the fiends did that like i mm-hmm. you know i flipped y'all I, I stole y'all logo and did x y and z and it's like man it's like a little flattering, but it's also like, nigga, that's not the way, man. You're not going to figure your shit out if you're just seeing somebody that is doing something that's working yeah. and trying to bite bite what they do. That's mm-hmm. not it. That's not mm-hmm. going to work. Um, and like, I think certain people, I think certain people figure out what their brand is earlier than, than others. And then there's also certain people that understand that a brand can change over a while. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Nike that started with one waffle track and field shoe is not the Nike today that dominates across different yeah. categories. Um, and then, you know, like, I think that some people will just naturally come from it. You know, you look at Earth Gang and you like, you get it. You're just like, these niggas are aliens, right? Um, somebody like Ari, you know, like yeah. Ari's not out here, like necessarily like promoting a specific brand, but it's so natural and organic you know what yeah. the brand is, you know? Mm-hmm. So authentic. Um, yeah. So, you know, what I would tell an artist struggling to find what their brand is, it's the same thing I tell every artist off the rip, which is, yo, you know, kids come up to me all the time and say, yo, you know, how do I do, what are you, what are you, I'll, what are you like, what is your advice? Like, how do I make it? And like, my advice is always this, like, yo, you should be making music because you have to make music. Like, I have to get these bars off. I have to get these songs out into the world. People need to hear my voice. Shouldn't be, oh, I'm trying to get rich. I'm trying to get lit. Like, you can want that shit, but if that's the main purpose, hey, man, some people it's going to work. Mm. Most people it's not going to work. Because, yo, I'm a better rapper than 90% of niggas that want to be rappers. But I also was like, mm, I don't really care that much to be a rapper. So, like, I don't need to do this. Could I have, like, forced four years of trying to make one hit single? Maybe. Would it have worked? Maybe. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the people that got the strongest brands are the people that know who they are mm-hmm. and know why they're doing this shit. And then it just naturally flows. 
Yeah. And then on that topic, um, are there any people out there who you kind of see are doing that pretty well, whether it's an artist or just a brand in general? You know, it's funny because like, even though like musically, I might not fuck with a lot of the younger kids and like, and that sounded weird. Fucking, I'm in a weird place. I'm in a weird place musically because it's become my job, right? It came, it started off as a passion and became my job. So like, I'm hella jaded after being in this shit for like 10 years. It's hard. It's hard to listen and enjoy. Mm. Uh, And just as a mark, as a marketing person, I, I go to concerts and I'm just like, I'm not even paying attention. I'm just like looking at where's the merch booth? What is it? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to festivals. I'm like, yo, what are the, what are the clothing trends? Like I ruin a lot of shit for me. So what I will say though, is like, you know, there's a lot of kids doing things now music wise that I don't fuck with, but I'm like, Oh, that's fucking dope. Like, you know, somebody that could go on TikTok and post fucking 10 TikToks a day. It's fucking impressive, man. Like if that's what you want to do, that's great. If you can be, funny and like understand that shit cool um tiktok as a brand is like scary um mm. but it's amazing it's amazing it's like it's like the the best algorithm i've ever seen um trying to think of artists that i'm really fucking with right now it's tough man but this thing there's certain things that some of my favorite artists are doing so like drake right yo the fact that that nigga did the the little certified lover boy part yeah. in his hair and he's doing it for a year that's how you promote an album bro like yeah. think about that shit for a year we like no matter what even though we keep saying oh it's coming it's coming it's coming we already know that shit right the shit rihanna's doing which is like the text like it's just like it's a master class in absorbing social capital and then parlaying that into something else you think she wanted to be singing umbrella for the fucking the next 40 years no she wanted to make a billion dollars selling makeup and now perfume and lingerie and whatever the else fuck she wants that's fucking amazing. You know, the shit that we pulled off with Cole, which is, you know, it's a lot of just Cole knowing what he wants to do and then Eve breaking on the door to make it make it happen. So, you know, to get his own sneaker, to go play overseas, to do all this shit, shit's amazing. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, and those are like big, big, like the big artists. I'm trying to think of some of the younger artists that I've been watching. I've been watching Keem a lot because I think he's playing a dangerous game of like not playing social media and stuff off the rip. And I want to see how that parlays out. You know, I want to see where that goes. Um, Travis is somebody that I'm just like, this nigga is a walking ad agency. And like some people will give him shit for it. And I'm like, bro, do whatever the fuck you want. Get every single bag, take all these people's fucking money. And like, you know, he is, he has made a culture that kids love. Tyler's another person like yeah. that. Where it's like, you know, the first time I heard a Tyler and I feature, I was like, who the fuck are these fucking niggas, bro? Like, these niggas are fucking, this shit is whack. I'm not even fucking with this shit. And then it was, oh, these niggas, not for me, but I see what they're doing to now mm-hmm. where I'm like, bro, the nigga music, he found his niche niche music-wise. He's found his niche, like, that nigga's one of the funniest niggas ever. The nigga says real ass shit. And it's like, damn, like, to see that growth, amazing. Um... Uh, uh, but yeah, I would, I would lie to you to say if I said I was like super tapped in on like, you know, new artists coming in and out. And it's like, man, I'm so focused on breaking the current acts that we have on Dreamville that like I'm super, like 90% of my music efforts is wrapped up into that and trying to figure that out. So yeah, I think even within the Dreamville team, there's a couple of things. I'll never forget 
a girl posted a video of her like twerking like some jid shit and a jid record was a couple years ago and and put it up on the dreamville page on dreamville instagram and one of the fans was like this isn't dreamville shit like don't post this trash and jid came in the comments was like i don't know what the fuck you talking about but i'm dreamville shit and this is some dreamville shit and it was like yo that's how you have to understand that like a brand gets bigger and it can change and it can go from Mm-hmm. You know, something that's really small and concentrated to something that's bigger and has like a, a larger appeal and it just grows. And you've seen that where Cole was Dreamville and then, you know, Boss Boss was a new era. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Boss era kind of brought in the cause the and I think Loot and Ari was all in that like boom in that first first wave. And then, you know, we came with Earth Gang. And uh, JID has like a new wave. And it's like, you know, what's the next wave for Dreamville? Yeah. We went into podcasts, we went into movies, we're doing all this other shit. It's like, will we have another resurgence for music? We'll see, you know, like we'll mm. see if we get there. Mm-hmm. But um, I think brands, you know, look at TDE, like today with, with Kendrick announcing mm-hmm. that he's leaving, like what does the TDE brand mean and move forward now? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's their, that's their diamond in the, in the crown. So it was like, you know, what does TDE mean once he leaves? Um, what does OVO mean now? Like OVO is Drake and their clothing brand. And then, you know, they started making shows, but they made a new, like, you know, I think it's, uh, the landscape is very interesting. And I think for people doing marketing, it's just like, you just gotta kind of be tapped in. You gotta see what's going on. And you also gotta be cognizant that you're getting old and the shit that you're doing may or may not be connecting with the most important people in business which is usually like 14 year olds like you know a black Mm -hmm. 14 year old is going to tell you every single trend because they have to be the coolest they are the coolest and like that's marketing marketing is just strictly high school shit are you cool oh no you're not cool you know you can get cool fucking with this shit and that's it that's marketing in a nutshell that's real (laughs) talking about how audiences change and what's cool and how the landscape is changing. Like, what's the balance between going with your gut and and hardcore like research, if if any, you know, because Dreamville is like a pioneering brand, you know. You've had so many firsts like Revenge of the Dreamers 3, the 10 the 10 gay rap camp session, the Dollar and a Dream tour, like having these big artists come out and being able to go to the show for a dollar even recently with you know Cole joining Rwanda Patriots and fulfilling his dream which tied in so well with you know the release of his recent album so is Mm -hmm. there a balance there how does it work and it must change as you know audiences change I think you have to always be aware of what's going on right um and you know like when it comes to like hardcore research like one thing the the first day I got my um the first day I got my damn my brain is like on on like f- fucking cold right now. My the first day I got my job at the ad agency, they say, yo, we need you to be a pop culture whore. And I always thought that, that was so funny because like that's really what they needed me to do, right? They really needed me to be tapped in with literally every single thing that was going on. And like, you know, between my ADD and being fucking a millennial like that's easy bro you want me to like, mm. just know everything that's going on cool that's not that hard yeah, you know. um because you know once again like i said like 
I didn't know as a black young black kid that because I knew everything in sports and in music and in fashion and in Hollywood that like that was a weapon and an asset. I know that shit. I thought I was just trying to be cool. So I think that a lot of it is trusting your gut um, and not being shook and like trusting yourself and like, you know, fucking taking some risks. And um, that shit is hard. Like it's hard, it's easier said than done for some people too. That's one thing that I realized. Um, Cause like, you know, my, the way I move is different than, you know, even the way E moves or the way, the way that Cole moves. Like, you know, them niggas don't think the way I think and move the way I move, but you know, that's just like, that's like one of the, the, the hard things with getting a job is like, you're going to end up working with people that don't necessarily always see your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of your job to get there. So, you know, if I had to break it down, it's like, what I would say is all of my decisions that I've ever made have been informed, have been informed by some sort of research, whether that's like, just like direct, whether that's direct, uh, like literally sitting down and like, looking up old campaigns or looking up like, you know, all right, what's about, what is it about culture where people like customization is like, all right, cool. Let me search Nike ID, the Nike ID program. And then look at me, look at the Coca-Cola remix project and, you know, going through this shit and then being like, all right, cool. Let me take what I learned from this and apply it to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and connecting know, those dots. Yeah. I think that if you're not doing research, cool. But also don't fall for the like, you know, don't just try to bite everything and, you know, have faith in yourself, have faith in people around you, have have the ability to like put aside your, have the ability to like put aside your ego and listen to other people and like, you know, teamwork is, teamwork make the dream work. That shit is, is funny and corny, but it's real, man. Like mm-hmm. the more you, the more you work with people and listen to them and they tell you, you know, and they help you and they help you, they'll just, the more you listen to people and put people around you that you trust, the more likely you are to succeed. Just like a hundred out of a hundred times. Being in a field like marketing and advertising, um, you know, we always don't get to see that end result based on our input sometimes. I'm um, yeah. curious to know how you measure success and what are some things that you've accomplished that align with that? How do I measure success? I mean, it's tough, man. I'm not even going to lie because it's like, you don't. I don't know how you measure success. I don't know how I measure success, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because, first of all, success is such a subjective thing, right? Um, yeah. Some people think success is cold. And it's like, all right, cool. I can tour arenas. But like, yo, if you make a living in this shit, period, you paying your bills, you paying your family's bills, you could eat, nigga, that's success, bro. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Um, and that's something that for me, even for my own journey, you know, I was sitting here, I was sitting here in fucking COVID, like, damn, I didn't do shit with my life. Like, blah, 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 woo, woo, like, oh, I'm a failure. And then it's like, no, actually, you're not a failure. You've actually done things that are amazing. And mm-hmm. like, I, one, of, one of the homies that I work with, Zay, he was like, I was bitching one day and he was like, dude, like, didn't you just get like fucking the double XL? Like, didn't double XL, like the editor of double XL send you a co- three copies of a magazine that you helped put together where your niggas are on the front? And I was like, yeah. He's like, bro, 
what would 12 year old Derek say? Like literally, what would 12 year old version of you say if you told him that? And I was like, nigga would be lit. And I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. So what you're doing is successful, bro. Are you happy? Are you finished? Nah, I'm not happy. I'm not finished. I'm not content with the shit is. I think, I think for everybody, it's like, you know, I don't think there is a finish line. Mm. That's what no one really tells you. It's like there is no end game or end result. Um, there are goals that you can hit, but every single day is a challenge. And every single day, you got to get a little better. Um, and you got to be honest. So even if things are going well, if you're not happy, you have to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And if things are going shitty, but you are happy, you also should be honest with yourself. Like, oh, it's not working out, but I'm good. So yeah. let's keep it going. Yeah. So, yeah. But all that to say, from a business perspective, you got to make some bread, dog. So it's like <laughs> at the end of the day, like, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, what, what it goes back to that question. And, you know, this is something that we've been working with it's like my main focus now. It's like, how do I get my artists from where they're at now, where everybody's comfortable to, you know, everybody lit. Cause then when we're there and we can make more decisions on, you know, do we want to bring in more artists? Do we not want to do that? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do that? So yeah, I was very circular place to, to say, I don't know necessarily how you gauge success. It's kind of just like a feeling. Okay. So one of the things that I would really wanted to know is what are you most excited about for Dreamville next or any of the artists that you're working with? I mean, there was once upon a time when we were all at the Grammys fucking in January of 2020. And I was like, oh, this is about to get crazy real quick. Like, I've heard everybody's music. You know, we got some recognition outside of our own little ecosystem. And now it's on a bigger level. And I was super hyped and then COVID hit. And like, mm. I don't think people understand, like, you know, everybody went through that shit. Everybody went through that shit. But I think sometimes people think that artists are supposed to be like Iron Man or like Superman or some shit where it's like, yo, I, I watched people go through it. Like I watched people lose people. I watched people lose inspiration. Like how do you, mm. how are you inspired to make, to make things when the world's burning around outside? Like yeah. it's a, you know, it's an, it was it was a tough, tough. It's been tough past two years, and um, that being said, we brought some new people into the company. We organized some structure. We made some endeavors um, into things that we've always wanted to do. So that's exciting. I'm excited to see where Candace takes studios. Um, one of the main things that I realized during quarantine was like, yo, black conversations are more important now than ever. Like. Like we just gotta talk more. We gotta talk to each other more. We gotta talk mm-hmm. about shit in our lives more. We need to see more representation in stories and in podcasts and in all this shit. And now's the time to do that. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. Um, and then music wise, you know, Ari, Earth Gang, Boss, JID, um, Loot, and Kaz are pretty much all ready to go with music. We're just working to get everything else right. Once you get the music base, it's like cool. What's the vision? Cool. Where yeah. are we gonna do? And, you know, everybody's in different phases of that. And you can tell by the way that the, the cadence online. So I'm very excited. I think we have albums that are coming out that are going to be very impactful. But they could also not be like that's this is this is where we're at as. Yeah. This is that's just life. And 
you know, I would be lying if I didn't say that I was hella anxious about yeah. that, you know, um, because it's like, shit, I'm hella anxious. Like, I don't know what else to say. This shit is, uh, it's like a scary, it's scary for me. Um, cause you know, as a marketing, as an executive, as somebody who's being entrusted with the careers of, you know, my friends, like, you know, that's the worst part now. It's like, I've had corporate jobs that are like, mm, I don't give a fuck. But like now it's like, mm, these are my best friends. So yeah. like, I actually do, I actually do care. That shit actually does tear me up inside. Um, but I'm very excited to see if I was right. And these niggas have shit that's going to change the world. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get back to it. Just keep on going. Next. Try again. That's it, man. That's, 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 the key. that's the key to life. Keep rocking. Keep moving. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're sad, take your time to be sad. But hey, get back after it because the world ain't going to stop for you. That's one thing I noticed. Well, to get any future um, people trying to get into marketing or strategy, as someone who's been an exec in the industry, you know, is there mm. any advice that you would give to anyone trying to go into this space? Um, yes. It's all bullshit for like 90% of the time. So like, don't kill yourself. Um, I used to go crazy, like my first couple of jobs in advertising, like trying to prove stuff. And I'm just like, oh, you really just can't prove shit, right? Like, you can't prove anything. You, your marketing is all about like a feeling or an ideas and creativity. Uh, well, shit, that's where it's kind of that's the lifeblood of marketing. Um, and then you know everybody else will come with like, oh, these are my metrics and blah blah blah. And it's like, all right, cool, bro. But like, certain things work and certain things don't work. And certain mm. brands can charge two hundred dollars for a pair of shorts, and certain brands can only charge fifteen dollars for a pair of shorts. And for a while, you're not going to be able to figure shit out. Uh, and then some stuff will start clicking and then you'll be all right. If I had some advice, it would be, yo, if you're in college, go get a fucking internship. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you think that just partying is why you're in college, like you're right, but you're fucking wrong. Like you have to be, you know, we call ourselves fiends because like we can be aware of when we're wilding. And like, that's the key to being a fiend is like, you know, you can't let that shit fuck up your real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always used to say, like, you know, if you have a nine to five and that could be being a student, right? At a certain point, that might be your job. It's like, yo, I'm here to acquire knowledge and education and social cues and all this shit. Cool. What are you doing from five to nine every single day to make sure you could do whatever the fuck you want for the rest of your life? So, you know, in college for me, that was an internship, being on a basketball team and working at NYU housing so I could pay for my dorm for free. So I could do something that I loved at the time, which was basketball. And then internships was like, yo, I might as well try this shit because I need to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do. Um, and, you know, that graduated into, all right, cool. Now I have a full-time job, but also from nine to five, but then from five to nine, I'm going to the studio because I want to be around this shit. And I want to figure out how I can never go back to a nine to five. Um, mm. So I would tell them like, yo, don't be lazy. Um, don't be lazy. Sorry, that was just that was a artist manager blowing my shit up. Um, don't be lazy. Be inquisitive. You're gonna get jobs through people you know. Um, so shit, meet as many people as you can. Run away from home. All of a sudden, niggas run away. Don't fucking stay in your little bumblefuck spot. 
Bobby Shook. Um, money is fake, but it's definitely real. So figure that out. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. Happiness, work out, drink more water, all that shit. Right. <laughs> um, well, Derek, thank you so much for joining us today. Like so mm-hmm. much helpful, valuable advice, lots of nuggets of inspiration. And um, there's so much that our listeners can take away from today. So that's all that we have time for. Thank you to everyone tuning in and catch you next time.